Thank you for joining us this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And the title of our message is The Conversation with Jesus and the Woman at the Well, the Samaritan Woman. Our scripture comes from John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. It says, The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us to the weekend. We thank you for this Monday podcast. We ask, Lord, that we can learn more about the conversation you had with the woman at the well and how it applies to us today. Because it is not just a story on the pages of a book. It's on the pages of the Bible, the Word of God. And we are called to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, your word is truth. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that comes alongside of us, that helps us, that guides us, and that leads us, that reminds us, Lord, if we cross over that line. Lord, as long as we're in our humanity, we need the Holy Spirit. We need his presence in and through our life. And Lord, as we learn more about the conversation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman, we learn more about you, and we learn more about how to worship you. May the Lord add a blessing. Amen. Amen. So let's take a look at this. He says, the hour is coming, and now is. So he's saying the hour is right then and there. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, in his conversation with the Samaritan woman, he announced to her that things were changing. Times were changing. There was a new error that had commenced with Jesus coming as the Son of God. God would reveal himself as the Father in and through the Son, Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us, he said, when you have seen the Father, you have seen me. And he tells him, the disciples, about things of heaven. And only God could know that. But this far exceeds anything that the Old Testament could reveal about Jesus and, the, and about God the Father, especially for the New Testament church. Moreover, God wishes us to worship him as Father, as believers in the Son of God, as believers in God. You know, sometimes formal worship or our formerly worshiping, we see in Scripture and we've seen things that sometimes we do out of ignorance. That's a word I don't use very much, but we do it uh, not realizing. You know, I often say sometimes the church has become so much like the world instead of the world becoming like the church. Sometimes we've, we've adapted the ways of the world into the church. There's nothing wrong with contemporary Christian music, but there's also nothing wrong with hymns and choirs and hymn books and picking up the book and opening up and reading it. Sometimes it takes effort to do that. Someone said once it's tradition and traditions, you know, 
uh, are a thing of the past, but it's the foundation of the church. Many, many people came to know the Lord in and through those hymns. Many, many people come to know the Lord in and through the contemporary Christian music. But I think there has to be a blend of both, or you're going to lose one group or the other. We have to be very careful when we worship. God tells us the nature of true worship is in spirit. An example, uh, it's not an external ritual that we do or material sacrifices we, as we see happened in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is behind worship. Have you ever been in a service where you sense the power of the Holy Spirit? It's not a feeling. It's, it's just an experience. You know deep down inside that it's from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is behind true worship. He can lead the human spirit to wonder about God and his dealings in it. He can deal with anything at any time in any place. He shows up. He's there with us. I remember the days growing up, you know, when uh, the Nazarenes were, they called them the holiness people. And sometimes you have to be careful when you use that word because people look at them as charismatics. And I'm not saying anything about charismatics, but uh, the Nazarenes, when we say holiness, they worshiped in spirit. Many, many times you could be in a service and one time the longest service I remember, it went on and on and on. I think it was three hours before it ever finished. People didn't go home. They went home and shut their, their roast off. They went home and they, they took care of the, what they needed to take care of and they came back. The service didn't end. I remember those days. You don't see that today. What, 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 what's changed? Sometimes I think people have changed. But God the Father seeks worshipers. He seeks us in connection that we may not overlook the word must worship. In the verse 24, it says, God's spirit, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. There's no other way. It has to be in spirit and in truth. Now, it's not this spirit thing that you see in movies. It's a true heart experience. It's a renewing of the mind. All of these things go in, into true worship. If we go into church or a service or a meeting or a Bible study, and we go in with the cares of the world, our mind is so full. So how can we listen and experience God? How can we worship him? Sometimes people go in and they don't even sing. They just mumble. It's sad. But we need to go in with our hearts and our minds clear. We need to keep the cares of the world outside. Even in our worship, in our personal Bible study, or in our personal devotions, we need to ask God to keep the cares of the world outside, that we can focus upon your word. We can focus upon him. We can worship him 
in spirit and in truth. We cannot praise God through our own thoughts and ideas independently from the scripture. Some people say, oh, the Bible's old, I can't read it. it it's, the King James is outdated. You know, I need to look for something that's easier. Sometimes it's good to go back to the old. The language might be different. Sometimes a word might be different. The these, the thous, we can, we can get past them. But we need to look at the source of the word. God only accepts those that come from himself. And that means that we, we need to put God first. We have to accept him, believe in him, worship in spirit and truth. Have you ever wondered at God's mercy in letting his own son die in order for us to have a home with him in eternity? You know, I often wondered that. Sometimes, you know, it can be too deep of a subject sometimes, especially when you deal with theological. But you know, God cared enough for you and I, for all peoples of the world, every race, every color, every ethnic background, every language, every nation, every country, every community, every person has that right. But they have to accept it and they have to believe. Like I've mentioned many, many times, and you'll hear me mention it, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he 17 says he did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't say everybody would be saved. But he did give that hope to everyone. That's why he sent his son into the world to take and to be the payment for what we could not do. So let's follow through on this conversation with the Samaritan woman. In John chapter 4, verse 25 through 27, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things, great and mighty. Jesus said to her, I will speak to you. I am speaking to you whom you were talking about. I am he. And at that point, his disciples came and they marveled that he was talking to this woman. Yet no one said a word. What do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? I can imagine them pondering those thoughts. But the Samaritan woman had asked, had questions on her mind. Where is the right place to worship? But she had not purposely or proposedly understood what Jesus had said. She was comfortable by the thought that the expected Messiah would clarify everything. He would come, he would answer the questions. Do you remember what Jesus had spoken about? He told the woman of an extraordinary blessing. Remember in the beginning of this 
uh, series, he told her about a living water, a water that would spring up into everlasting life. He also uh, made her conscience curious. For he told her she was living in sin. And now he indicated to her the change was coming. For each and every one of us today, change is coming. Whether it's for good or for bad, change is something that we live with each and every day. Sometimes we experience change in our life for many reasons. Sometimes God allows things to wake us up, sometimes to steer us back to Him. Sometimes we don't wake up and we realize that it's God. But change is inevitable. We live in a world of change. The woman longed for the Messiah. She did mention that in the text. It says how moving it was that Jesus revealed himself as God, the Messiah. He revealed himself to her. He said, I who speak to you am he. And she had already identified him as a Jew. Remember about Jews speaking to a Samaritan. It was not common. Now she had already acknowledged Jesus as a prophet because he knew about her life. Only a prophet would know the things that Jesus was speaking to her. Jesus had exposed her life into the light, for he was the light. But the fact that this thirsty traveler was the Messiah impressed her even more. Even if she could not grasp or understand that, he, that that's who he really was. You know, sometimes today in the world we live today, we sometimes overlook what's right in front of us, what God is doing. Sometimes God is speaking through his word. Sometimes God speaks through people. Sometimes God speaks through situations. Sometimes through trials and tribulations. Sometimes we have a lesson to learn. Sometimes we don't grasp it. But the conversation is interrupted by these disciples who had just returned from getting food. They were surprised to see Jesus speaking to this woman, this strange woman. But only if they knew the conversation they were talking about, they would truly be amazed. But yet they remained silent and they stayed a distance away. They could have interrupted him at any time, but they respected Jesus's privacy. They respected what Jesus was doing. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Sometimes we can regret if we wonder at Jesus' saying and action without taking them to heart. Sometimes we hear the word, but we don't believe the word. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Sometimes we take things into our own hands and then we will regret it.
In John chapter 4, verse 28 through 30, the woman says, <clears throat> The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see this man who told me all things that I've ever done. <clears throat> Could this be the Christ? She still didn't realize who he was. Then they went out of the city and they came unto him. Now the conversation is going to pick up with Jesus and then we will see a little bit more being revealed. Now Jesus graciously uh, opened the woman's heart with what he said. Her mind was curious. She knew he, she had already said he was a prophet and now he had revealed that he was the Christ. He was the Son of God, the Messiah. Now when the woman finally, when it clicked in her mind that she discovered who he really was, that he was the Christ, the effect of knowing that was instantaneous. Her life, her mind just opened up like a light went on. All that compromised in her daily toil and efforts was symbolized by the water pot. Because the scripture tells us, then the woman left the water pot and went her way into the city. She left it. She was leaving all that behind. And she was going to tell someone this good news. She had found something more important than drawing water from the well, doing the same thing each and every day. Even the well lost its tradition, and her religious forefathers lost their significance. That person that was standing in front of her, who had impressed her, was greater than the patriarch Jacob that gave them the well. What a change Jesus had brought to this woman's life. Now, out of an abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. Luke 6, 45. This verse was verified in that woman's life that day. It was verified in the conversation because she goes and invites others to experience the Christ, to experience Jesus. The Lord said to her, Go, call, and come here, in verse 16. Then she took to heart and went and asked the people of the town to come and see Jesus, come and meet this person that had changed her life. She wanted them too, to be led to Christ. She became a missionary that day, in a like. How many have gone out since that time, constantly inviting people to come to know Christ as their personal savior? They all had experienced what prompted the Samaritan woman. Each and every one of us have to come to know Christ as our personal Savior. And then we too want others. We are driven to give others the good news, to share our faith with them. People's lives are sinful. 
even the ones who showed up that day that came, the woman invited. Their lives were sinful, but yet they showed up. After they had confessed their sins and been converted to Jesus, forgiving grace had covered all. There was hope. The woman wasn't afraid to point out her own sinful past. That proved to be genuine, the genuineness of her faith. Her few words reached hearts and had a great effect. Many came to know Jesus that day. If only this could be repeated over and over and over again. Thus the message that we have today, talking about the conversation with Jesus and the Samaritan woman. In John chapter 4, verse 31 through 34, says, In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, you must eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat, of which you do not know. Therefore his disciples said to one another, Has someone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What a powerful scripture. Now we see this Samaritan woman. She left everything behind and she went into the city. Now meanwhile, the disciples, as we just read, the 12 took the opportunity to urge Jesus to eat something. Their encouragement was well meant because I believe they were hungry also. But just as it happened at the temptation in the wilderness, when the devil told the Lord to satisfy his hunger, Jesus pointed out that he had another food, and that had been his priority. He did not deny any man earthly needs, but availed himself of the occasion to teach his disciples about spiritual things. He was talking about the word, the spiritual food. You know, sometimes we, the scripture talks about we're like babes with milk. But as we continue to grow and learn, we begin, we will, we will eat meat. We will get to understand. Sometimes people stay as a babe and they're still drinking milk, the milk of the word. But there's a lot, there's a lot the meat of the word is there. We just have to graduate to, to that. The disciples were perplexed. Where had Jesus obtained food? In, in their humanity, they were thinking it was physical food. And they asked the question, who had brought him something? We noticed once again, the disciples did not ask the Lord himself, but they were wondering to themselves, and Jesus knew that. Like so many people today, they fail to put their questions directly to Jesus. Sometimes we will ask other people for this, for that, what this means, but do we put it directly to Jesus, the Son of God? But the Lord knew, and he did not leave his disciples ignorant, wondering, pondering, for him, the object of speaking to the Samaritan woman about soul salvation 
was refreshment indeed. That's what he was called to do. Amid the pressures of daily life, the Lord gave inner strength to him. God gave strength to Jesus. And that came from God the Father. His desire was to be obedient to what he was called to, to obedient to him as a man on earth and accomplish the Father's will. As the scripture says, it says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it tells us, seek first the kingdom of God. This is a well-known verse, but often neglected verse. This verse of scripture was Jesus's principle for life. Seek first the kingdom of God. If we make our own we shall discover that we will lack nothing. We need to make and seek the kingdom of God first in, all, in our life, in our heart and life. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your love and for your mercy. And we thank you that you've seen us through another day. You've seen us through the weekend. We thank you for bringing us through safely. And Lord, as we begin Monday, the 16th of May, we ask, Lord, that you will bless us, that you will give us a good week, that you will keep your hand of mercy and protection upon us. Lord, if we're in need, we ask for your provision. Lord, if we need that supernatural strength to get through the day, to face our job sometimes, to face people at our work, to face people in general, give us that strength that you gave Jesus as he talked to the Samaritan woman. And Lord, help us to be a blessing to someone for you. We thank you for who you are and what you are and why you are. We thank you for this story of the Samaritan woman. Lord, sometimes we read this scripture and we just read it, preach a message on it, and it's done. But here we have many messages in one verse or one chapter in John chapter 4. This conversation between you and the Samaritan woman. It not only saved her, but it saved others. Once she realized the full story. Once she realized who she was talking to. Once the people realized who you are and what you, what you did for this woman. They had a hunger and thirst for righteousness. They had a hunger and thirst to be with you, to be a part of the kingdom of God. So as the writer says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. That is our goal today. May the Lord add a blessing to this podcast today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
So thank you for joining us this Monday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And we look forward to carrying on this conversation with the Samaritan woman. It's not finished. It's only halfway through. And we will begin to wrap it up this week. So have a great Monday and have a good week. God bless. We'll see you on Tuesday. Pastor Doug Solomon.